Welcome to the Studio Sisters podcast. We're your hosts and sisters, Katie and Taylor. We travel the world, make beautiful things, and run our online businesses. We're creative entrepreneurs and Etsy experts, and we are on a mission to help you make meaningful income online and to create what you love. On the Studio Sisters podcast, we will dive into all things Etsy, running an online business, making money, creating while traveling, and growing your brand. We want you to leave this podcast with more confidence in yourself, your online small business, and the belief that your creative dream life is possible for you. So let's do this. everyone welcome back to the studio sisters podcast we are super excited as usual that you're joining us thank you so much for listening to our podcast and today i am so excited to share with you that katie has agreed to tell her story of becoming an artist katie's artist story everything you ever wanted to know Katie's life bio, the crazy creative life of Katie. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm that interesting, but you make it sound really great. (laughs) I know I made it sound really good, but you are amazing. So the reason that I asked you if you would do this interview is because I think that a lot of people want to know about this. I bet you get asked things all the time like, um, how did you become an artist or how did you get noticed? I do get asked that a lot. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we are going to tell everyone how this happened. So let's start in the way, way back. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. So <laughs> um, where do we begin? What is the early start of Katie being an artist? Um, describe when you think that would begin. I'm not sure it began so much of it as just... I am an artist. Like, as a kid, I was drawing on everything. I got in trouble for drawing on my homework. That's very true. You did get in trouble a lot for not writing your answers, but drawing them instead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What do you think is something that people don't know about, like, the early days of you becoming an artist? You didn't start as a painter. I did not start as a painter, no. I mean, I did always draw, but I didn't take up painting until, like, a long time. So, yeah, I started as a drawer and a scrapbooker, actually. And there was some origami in there, too. Oh, yes. (laughs) I had a huge origami phase. There was a brief phase where everything was created in paper, folded paper. Oh, yeah. And if there was a piece of paper near me, like, it was not safe. Let's not forget all the cranes. (laughs) uh who would you say was your early inspiration like or or what would you say was your early inspiration who did you want to be when you grew up definitely Elsie Larson okay of a beautiful mess of a beautiful mess back then she was a scrapbook designer and that was who I wanted to be like I wanted to draw scrapbook designs and 
design pretty papers. And who knew that's basically where I ended up now. But yeah, you always wanted to design (laughs) stickers. And uh, we could also bring up Lisa Frank. Oh, yeah. Fuzzy posters and Lisa Frank's coloring books. Like as a kid, I loved those. And the stickers too. And and the way that Lisa Frank drew. And and so I would say. So much color. All you wanted to be when you grew up was probably Lisa Frank. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So you started as a scrapbooker. Now, what most people probably don't know about you is the first time you were recognized as an artist or creative person was by creating keepsakes. Mm-hmm. And they were a scrapbooking magazine. Way back. Way back then. They don't publish anymore. But they actually had a teen talent contest. And so as a teenager, I submitted some mini albums that I had made and ended up winning like runner up or something. So I got published and it was pretty cool. Yeah, so you got recognized by winning um, this scrapbook competition for national teen talent. And you were published in probably five or six Mm -hmm. of those magazines and then other um, magazines and craft or scrapbook publications you became involved with. Um, Like, what were some of the things that you started doing? Well, I did creating keepsakes for sure. I was published in multiple magazines like Stitch Craft Create, um, Brush Mag. I was in a few crafting books like Star Trek Crafts and a couple others as well. Yeah, so this was your early, early start. I also, around that time, I started a blog as well. That's right. Punk Projects. You guys probably know her Studio Katie right now, but if you've been following for more than a couple of years, you probably know that Studio Katie used to be punk projects. And this was back in like the early days of blogging, like 2009. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. So what was on early 2009 punk projects Katie's blog? <laughs> well, I took I took an e-course by Elsie Larson of A Beautiful Mess and... So at the start, it was a blog for me to post my projects from that course. And then it just grew from there. I started doing scrapbooking pages on my blog and tutorials for all sorts of crafts. Everything from resin to um, glitter. Yeah, I did resin projects. I did a few drawing tutorials, lots of paper crafting, like... Even a few sewing and quilting tutorials. So what's really funny is that Katie thinks that she doesn't like to teach, but the actual (laughs) truth is that she's been teaching creative work pretty much since day one. Yeah. (laughs) You were also part of one of the earliest craft subscription boxes. Mm -hmm. Most people probably don't know that. So tell me about that. So in my blogging days, there was a company called Darby Smart. I'm honestly not sure if they're still around or not. We'll have to Google that. But they were an early subscription box where they sent out craft kits. So they found my blog and reached out to me and asked me to design a kit for them. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. And you also did a few um, different influencer. You were a product ambassador. You were on design teams. And we're going to get into some of the art ones. But there's one that is very sweet that I want to talk about. 
Katie was a brand ambassador for Puroline cookies. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've forgotten about that. <laughs> I knew you didn't know I was going to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, so for a couple of years, I worked with Pyroline cookies. And I'm sure you know, they make like the, what's the type of cookie? The cookie straw. Yeah, it's a cookie straw. And they make those that are sold in stores. And I worked with the cans that the cookies come in to make craft projects with them. So every month she got paid to produce a really interesting DIY from the tin. So it was reusable, sustainable, creative, which is really cool. But there were a lot of cookies. I was giving days. cookies to so many people because after a while I was like, I can't eat all these cookies. So besides Pyroline, what are some of the other design teams that you got on kind of once you became recognized? I was on so many design teams like I loved creating for other people. Um, I worked with Hazel and Ruby, who made oh. so many cool, like, home decor type crafting supplies. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so many scrapbook design teams, but also a washi tape design team. Um, and I worked for Walnut Hollow, who makes wood supplies. She's pretty much done it all. I've done it all. <laughs> so, uh... This was a really big part of your early formation as an artist online. It's how a lot of people got to know who you are. And I think that for many emerging artists, they are really interested in being on design teams. What is some of the advice that you would give to someone who wants to go this route and who wants to start on product design teams? Well, I would recommend using the products that the companies make even before you get onto the design team. So if you love them, act as if you're already on the design team, like post them in your photos, tag them in your photos, use their products. And that will definitely help when it comes time to apply to their design team call. Because they already can see how you would use their product. They can already see sort of what your style is, how you're how your photos will look. Yeah. And if you've been tagging them, like they will notice you. So they will already be familiar with you. Yeah. It's something that you could do that gets you a little bit, you know, a step ahead as opposed to coming in, like knocking on the door, like, hi, you don't know me, but yeah, exactly. So I would say that we're at about year 2016, Maybe 2015. <laughs> yeah, I think we've been jumping around a little bit, but around there. And this is about the time that you started teaching classes online. Mm -hmm. So I was a design team member for Get Macy Art Journal as well. And I did a couple of online classes for them. So what did you teach? I had painting watercolor galaxies and sketching phases in your art journal. Okay. Um, I think that I have heard before that the watercolor galaxy class is very popular. Oh, it is so popular. It is one of the things that I really love to do is painting galaxies. So other people definitely wanted to learn that from me as well. And I also teach for big picture classes. So I have a few different classes on there. Were you beginning to paint for yourself during this time? Mm-hmm. So what was that like? What were some of the early paintings that you did? Or what was your earlier style as an artist? Um, I used acrylic paints. I'm not sure exactly if I had a set style. It's not as 
defined as it is now for sure. Do you think it was around this time that you decided like, hey, I'm going to be a painter? Yeah, I mean, I still like, I wasn't entirely sure. I was no longer going the scrapbook designing route that I really wanted to do for a while. But I think I was starting to paint on custom shoes and I had my own Etsy shop. So it was more like, I want to sell my art in some way. Okay, so you began to think like, I'm going to design and sell for myself instead of trying to just get paid by a company. Yeah. Although you still do some of that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really interesting. I know around that time that you began to niche down and you stopped taking on as many design teams. Yeah. And you started focusing only on your own work, which is really incredible that you decided to go that route. I know it's a it was a big jump. Mm-hmm. You got your start with your blog name, Punk Projects, but that actually changed, I want to say around 2017. Yeah, it was just no longer fitting me. Like when I chose the name Punk Projects, I was 17 or 18 mm-hmm. and it just seemed really cool at the time. But like nowadays I'm like, it just, it doesn't fit. Right. It no longer fit with the style of who you were as an artist. Mm-hmm. So you went and you changed it to Studio Katie. What was it like during the change process? Was it all in your head, really? Or did people seem to notice? Uh, I think it went over really smoothly, actually. I just I changed my username on Instagram. I actually um, redesigned my website and got a new domain name. But I think it went over really smoothly. Things transferred really well. I think that a lot of people have the tendency to want to rebrand too often. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I love about you, Katie, is that you have gone through a rebrand literally one time. (laughs) One time in who knows how long. 10 years, 15 years, one time. So you've been really consistent. So people have always felt like they were following Katie. I did redesign my blog a lot, but just like the colors and the style of it, I didn't change the name except for that one time. Right, right. So everyone always felt like they were still following Katie. Mm -hmm. So um, you are kind of low-key known as the Galaxy Queen on Instagram. (laughs) How did that happen? It's just, it's what I have loved painting for years now. Is like my go-to to paint in my art journal is a galaxy. I love painting watercolor galaxies with paints or markers or just anything. I love the process and I love the finished techniques. So because I've done it so often and I've taught a class on it, my friends have started calling me the galaxy queen. (laughs) And it's true. Some of your galaxy process videos have thousands of views, hundreds Hundreds of of thousands. thousands of views on Instagram where people literally just watch you paint galaxies. Mm -hmm. Um, So I know that you never called yourself that, but I've noticed that people have begun to call you yes, the Galaxy it's Queen. It's become sort of, of a nickname for me. <laughs> now you're now kind of known for this like wanderlust, surrealist style of your painting centered in nature. When do you think that you like really began to dive into that style? Uh, I think it was maybe about five years ago when I moved from Texas up here to the PNW around Seattle. I was always inspired by nature, but now moving here, like I'm so surrounded by nature and evergreen trees. Like I just wanted to work it into my art all the time. So I began to work more, more magicalness into my art. Is that a word? Magicalness. Yeah. Magicalness. <laughs> I began to just make my art more magical to fit myself and my surroundings. And it's what I love now. 
Yeah. So what does that look like in a painting? How do you add magic <laughs> into the painting? Uh, I think it's a bit of the process. Like I love the sort of mysterious watercolor look. And that's a technique you can get even without watercolors. I do it with oils, but I think it's a bit of the technique and just the style of the art. I do a lot where I mash up subjects. So like I juxtapose a landscape into a portrait and just fun things like that. Yeah, everything is a little bit playful and a little bit... A little bit surreal. Unreal, surreal, yeah. exactly. Like, a girl would never be holding the hand of a bear in real life, but that's why it's special. Mm-hmm. Because you're seeing this, and this is the thing that you wish could happen. Yeah. This is the thing that you maybe daydream about happening. It's my inner life. Your inner, like, surrealist nature life. Yeah. <laughs> so that is kind of when your style... Um, began to emerge for you as a painter. Mm -hmm. How would you say that you have grown recently, like in the past year or so, as an artist? Well, and one of the ways I have sort of grown my Instagram is I joined Tombow's design team a couple of years ago, and working with them has been amazing. They are a great company to work with. Not only their products, but they help the artists they work with, like they help their Instagram growth. They push them to take better photos of their art and just in general, like working with them has really helped me grow my business. I think artists are always wanting to learn. So another thing I have done is I've taken a year long art course online this past year. It's called the Milan Art Institute Mastery Program. And it's all about fine art and just living your life as an artist. And you had a lot of homework. That was a very intensive art school. Yeah, it was a year-long course. But that's really amazing that you stuck to it and you did it and you completed, like, you know, you worked through the, the program. Yeah, I actually sometimes say that I have, like, two artist lives going on because I have Studio Katie, which is generally more, I don't know, art journaling not so much into the fine art side. Right. It's, yeah, you're primarily working out of your sketches, showing techniques. Mm -hmm. um, the emphasis is not on your paintings, but rather just on, like, daily art journal. And just being creative. Just being creative, yeah. Yeah, and then I also have a second Instagram account. And it's more about, like, my fine art and being inspired by nature. So the reason I took that online course is because I want to to expand my fine art and learn more about oil painting. Jumping into oil painting has been pretty recent for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and because Katie probably won't say it for herself, um, <laughs> also in the past year, she did win the Flynn Development Award and the People's Choice Awards, both at the Maple Valley Arts Fest in here in Washington State and had her own art show. I did. So that's a big thing in your artist story is the first time my that first you ever art show, show. Your first show. What were you feeling before you did the show? Well, you know I'm an introvert and I definitely have social anxiety. So I almost said no when they asked me to do a show. <laughs> like I didn't want to do it. It's almost like this internet meme where it's like your head is saying yes and inside you're saying no. Uh -huh. <laughs> exactly. But I did it, and it turned out really great. Like You sold some art. I sold some art. I had a lot of great feedback from the people that visited. And yeah, it worked out. It was a good experience. Overall. It was.
when I asked you to tell your artist story, you said, yes, I'll do it. I do think that people want to hear about this. You said, can we title it How It's Okay to Not Know Where You're Going? I did say that. (laughs) So that is the title of this episode, Katie's Art, How It's Okay to Not Know Where You're Going. Why did you ask me to call it that? I don't know. I just feel like society tells us like we have to know what we're going to do in life. And sure, I knew I wanted to be an artist, but I had no idea like how or like if I was going to be a painter or a scrapbook designer or what I was going to do. A lot of people tell you to go into graphic design because you can make money that way. But I did not want to do that. And I just I had no idea where I was going. And I think like a lot of people don't and they just pretend they do. And I think they shouldn't. So you want people to know it's okay to like not know what the end result is going to be. Yeah. Just live your life however you want creatively and just let the magic happen. Let the magic happen. Last question, Katie. What is something you are learning to do now or that you are still working on and still improving? I think we're always still improving our art. Like artists are always learning and trying new techniques. So like I'm just still expanding my process, especially in oil painting and fine art. Thank you so much, Katie, for sharing your artist story. I know that there are a lot of people who are looking at your art every day on Instagram and wondering who is the person behind it and what does she do all day in her studio and how does she find inspiration? But also I think that there are plenty of other artists who do need to know that it's okay to not have every every single thing planned out. Mm-hmm. So that is super inspiring and I really appreciate that you took the time to put your story out there. So thank you. You're welcome. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing it. And I have some bonus questions, fun facts that you might not know about my sister and fellow creative business owner, Katie. So are you ready for the bonus questions? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, First one, favorite Bob Ross quote, go. All of them. No. (laughs) Okay, I'll choose two. Okay, two Bob Ross quotes. Go. There's nothing wrong with having a tree as a friend. That's definitely a favorite. Okay, and my second one is a little less fun, but just as important. Talent is a pursued interest. Anything that you're willing to practice, you can do. Ooh. I love that one. I like that. Okay, next rapid fire question. What are you listening to when you're in your studio lately? Lately, it's the Prince of Egypt soundtrack. (laughs) Why? <laughs> I love the music from that movie. It's very calming. It's so calming right and just, it's beautiful. I love it. What's your favorite cheese? Pepper Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so spicy and good. So spicy. <laughs> What's your favorite dessert? Pumpkin anything. What's your go-to wardrobe? Yoga pants and a t-shirt. I know. Embarrassing. Right. But it's 2020. It's who, 2020. Who isn't wearing yoga pants and a it t-shirt? It's the pants of the year. I'm wearing them right now. Okay, last question. Acceptable pizza toppings. You're going to think this is funny. I really only eat cheese pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I'm, I'm really boring. <laughs> <laughs> nope. You are an eccentric, particular artist. Like all artists. They have their quirks, like the fact that only cheese is acceptable to put on pizza. (laughs) 
Cool. Katie, thank you so much for putting up with my bonus round questions. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. We hope that this podcast episode has been inspiring to you to hear from a fellow artist and someone who makes a living from their creative business. We hope that you will take the time to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you listen to your podcast and take the time to leave us a five-star review. It really helps us out. You can also subscribe to our email newsletter, which is on our website And we will send you a weekly dose of actionable creative business tips and creative inspiration. Thanks, guys. Hey friends, just an FYI, if you're a new listener to this podcast, you might not know that we sell planner stickers and weatherproof stickers in our Etsy shop, hand designed by me, Katie. Many of our stickers are inspired by the incredible natural places that I've traveled to, such as Mount Rainier in Washington State, or the beaches of Puerto Rico. I'm just so inspired by magical natural places. Do you want to shop our stickers? You can shop our Etsy shop or on our website, find the link to Shop Studio Sisters in our show.